But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58. Good job. Good job. So tonight we're talking about this phrase, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, or knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. First of all, what is labor? It's like effort. Effort. Work, effort, okay? And vain would be like, it's not worthless, okay? It's meaningful. It's not meaningless. It's, it's not worthless. In the Lord, your work or your effort has meaning. It has worth. It has value. Have you ever done something and you put quite a bit of effort into it, only to find out that it really did not go well? It had like no worth, no value. You kind of wished you had that hour of your life back. You guys, anybody? Okay, you know, you know. Put a lot of effort into that. Why? Okay. So a couple, a couple stories. One's real little. One's, one may be a favorite of my friends and family. I get asked to tell the second one a lot. But the first one, okay, happened, I believe, yeah, yeah. It would have been here in Iowa, I'm pretty sure, here in Ankeny. Um, I went to uh, Northwest Elementary in Ankeny, Iowa. I'm pretty sure that's the school that this was happening at. And we had this mandatory track meet. Um, okay, people are nodding. It was pretty much torture. And uh, especially because I don't run, I'm a walker. And so, uh, like, a track meet it didn't really overly make sense for me because I only run if I'm being chased. And even then, like, I give up really quickly, okay? So we had some options. We could do a lot of different things. We could pick. But it really wasn't going to matter what I picked because it was going to just be downright embarrassing no matter what. And my parents came for the track meet, which was worse. Okay, they were trying to be supportive, but really the whole thing was just vanity. So I chose, we had to choose two events, and I chose shot put. That's not the one that went wrong. That was just whatever. Throw some heavy thing. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. There it is in the sand. Okay, good. That event's over. And then I think the other one was like the 50-yard dash or something. And uh, I tried. I tried. Can you hear the voice going? I tried, I really did. I put my effort into it. I put my all into it. But my all was not good enough. And uh, I got home and I knew I had done pretty badly, or at least I assumed I had. I think the whole thing was kind of a blur to me. But I got home and my parents were trying to be super encouraging. You know, I'm their first child. My dad had been hoping for an athlete, okay? He himself was an athlete. He was a basketball player. And uh, I get home, and we're looking at the pictures my parents uh, took of the track meet. You know how parents are. And there's this one picture, and in the picture, I'm all alone in the picture. There's no one near me. 
And I asked my dad, I said, is that because I was ahead? He was like, well, <laughs> not so much. You're that far behind, but you did a good job, you know? Okay, so virtually the track meet was in vain for me. You see what it means to do something in vain? I put a lot of effort into it, but I didn't really accomplish anything, okay, other than just being embarrassed in front of my classmates. And my parents already kind of knew the issues that were there. But, okay, so that was the first story of something in vain. The second story um, is pretty, pretty epic, seriously. So in Germany, there's been a lot of winters where I've gone with my teammates in Berlin, my coworkers, on a ski trip to the Czech Republic, okay? That's the closest mountains to us, the Czech Republic. So we go there and we ski for a few days in the winters, only, and you can understand the wisdom here, I don't ski. I sit at the ski lodges and sip hot chocolate and read. Okay, so... There was this one particular day, the sun is shining out over the ski slopes, okay, on the beautiful white sunshine, or the white snow, sorry. Big sun on the beautiful white snow. Everything's glimmering like little glitter. And I decide, I'm going to go see if they'll let me buy a ticket just to go up the cable cars and then back down, but not ski, just to go up to the top of the mountain, take a picture come back down. So I go to the little office where you buy your ski lift tickets. And I asked her and she said, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. So I purchased a ski lift ticket and uh, I get in line and I've, keep in mind, I've never skied. I've never been on a ski lift for that matter. And so I get in line and I'm looking around and it seems quite complicated. Okay. I'm in line without skis right? And everyone behind and in front of me has skis. And so I'm just kind of inching my way through the line, right? Because the skis are taking up so much room and there's probably a hundred people in this line with me. And then we get to the little edge where the cable cars are coming repeatedly, right? Down the mountain. And all I'm supposed to do I guess, I didn't know, was take a step to the right and try to sit down. That's it. But every single time, and I don't even understand how this happened, to be honest. Every single time that I tried to sit down, somebody had already sat down and I sat on them. And they would do the only thing that they could do at that point which is push me off. And I would go stumbling down the little snowy hill, like really confused too, and come back up and get right back where I was and try it again, right? Like, and I'm kind of looking around and realize I'm six feet tall. Like I can throw my weight around, right? What's going on here? So I'm kind of looking around and giving people like the stink eye, like, you know? So the cable car comes back down to tries it again. Same thing. Sit right on someone. I don't even understand to this day 
how people were getting in ahead of me, how, like, I don't, I still don't really understand how the whole thing works. They'd shove me off. I'd go kind of stumbling down the hill. And of course, by now, everyone's watching. (laughs) Everyone around, everyone behind me in line. Okay, there's even people on the lift turning around as they're going up the mountain going, what is the lady doing? And so finally, on the third attempt, I don't know if they kind of all whispered to each other, like, just let her on. <laughs> like, I don't know, are they already like communicating to each other? It's us four, it's us four, it's us four, right? And like, I didn't have anybody. So I think they finally whispered to each other, somebody let her on. So I get on and this, there's just one other lady and, and it eventually works out. So I get on the ski lift and it's headed up the mountain and the lady looks over at me. And because we're in the Czech Republic, we're not speaking German to each other, okay? She actually looks at me and speaks English because your best guess at that point is just to speak English because you don't know where anybody's coming from on the ski slopes, right? You don't know what country they've just come from to start skiing in the, in the Czech mountains. So she looks at me and says in English, hi, are, how are you doing? And I'm like, good, thanks, you know. And I'm just sitting there and I have a camera and it's not a phone. It's like, you know, like a camera. Okay. But it's only about this big too. It was really little. And uh, I had a camera and it was in a case, you know, and I kind of unzipped the little case, took the camera out and I'm like taking pictures as we go up the mountain on the, on the little cable car. And all of a sudden, I just, the, the case slipped out of my fingers and just you know, (laughs) goes sailing down the mountain. And I was like, oh, you know, and the lady goes, oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe someone will find it and give it back to you. And I'm like, really? Okay. That seems like a long shot, but all right. So I've, I've got my camera still. At least I didn't lose that. So I'm taking pictures and all of a sudden she goes, okay, the um, cable car is actually going to, like, pause for a moment. Don't be scared. And I'm like, okay. You know, and she's like, it's going to jerk a little bit when it stops. Just hold on tight. Okay, sweet, you know. And we're, we're making conversation a little bit. And she's like, have you ever skied before? I'm like, no, you know, nope. And so it kind of jerks to a stop. She's like, are you all right? She was treating me very oddly the whole time. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> you? So we get past that little weird pause and we're continuing up the mountain and she goes, are you getting on or staying off? And she's always speaking very slowly. And I'm like, staying on. And she goes, okay, well, I'm getting off. So you're just going to have to lift your legs and your arms and I'll get off and then you can pull the bar back down. And then it hit me. She thinks I'm mentally challenged. (laughs) Like, she was watching that whole thing at the bottom of the hill. And she thinks that I'm not all there. Like, it just completely occurred to me, and I was like, I'm fine, I think. I mean, I've always thought I was, I don't know. So, my voice is really going. So anyways... Yeah, we get to the top. I take my pictures really, really pretty up there. 
the cable car comes back down the mountain, and as soon as we get to the bottom, some guy just <laughs> hands me my case. <laughs> so, like, apparently, everyone, everyone out there had been watching the whole thing. Like, this <laughs> it was like a nonverbal communication to the whole mountain. <laughs> like, red alert, <laughs> help this lady. Just help her. She is in rough shape, so... Yeah, so all that to say, I rode the cable cars kind of in vain, right? Like all that effort, all that effort to get one, like, one or two good pictures at the top and otherwise pretty embarrassing. <laughs> and thankfully, though, it was not a lost camera case in the process. But yeah, pretty embarrassing day. People love that story. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I guess we got back to the... Um, ski lodge and my pastor had had a similar experience and we're like comparing notes and he's like yeah I kind of had an experience like that too he's like I went up the black diamond with my kids and his kids were like in their 20s or upper teens and um he went with them but really it was like he was getting really tired he's double their age and so on purpose he just gets off to the side of the ski slope and he just falls back on purpose okay Skis, you know, just laying there on his back, just catching his breath. He's so tired. And it's a really like expert slope. And a guy comes up to him and he's like, sir, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, you know, on his back. And he's like, here, let me help you up. And my pastor didn't want to get up yet, but he's like, okay. So the guy helps him up and he's like, do you mind if I give you a few tips? And my pastor's like, sure, you know, and he goes, uh, tip number one, make sure you've selected a, a ski slope that's, that's like your, your level. And he's like, thanks. So we're in the ski, you know, we're in the ski lodge comparing stories. But yeah, sometimes you labor in vain. You go through an awful lot of effort, like how much effort it took to get on that stupid cable car. When all was said and done, I kind of wished I had just never tried right? Kind of wished I had never tried. That's what it means to do something in vain. You, you, you strive, you work, you sweat, you cry, you go through all this effort, and it just didn't really matter, okay? And the Bible warns us that we could do that with our lives, right? We can put all this effort into life and get to the end and find out that it was all in vain. Well, how would it be in vain, how would it be of no value if we do it without God, without Christ, right? We can think we're, if we're an unbeliever, we can think we're having a really, really meaningful life. But life only has meaning in light of eternity, in the scope of the whole thing. Okay, I have an illustration for you. I need my niece to come up. We have a little uh, visual aid for you tonight, okay? This, is, this little illustration is not original with me. Okay, but we're going to show you something here. Here we go. So we've got a rope, okay? And you've got to pretend that this rope goes on for eternity, all right? See this part that's red and then the little loop? Okay, you've got to pretend. Can everybody see this? Pretend that this part right here is our life on earth. The rest of it is eternity. 
okay? This little part from the red to the loop, that represents our short life on planet Earth. The rest of it is eternity, okay? And eternity is going to be eternal, limitless, okay? And we spend so much time focused right here, striving and putting effort into this little tiny, tiny piece right here, don't we? Because it's where we are right now. We're in this tiny little section. But the the whole point of the Bible is that we are using this time right here to get ready for this. Okay? And we have a choice. We can make this part right here really, really count, really matter for eternity. Or we can pretty much waste it. We can waste this part. And, sadly, we can even miss eternity by not putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We can completely miss eternal life. But let's say that we, we do accept Jesus, okay? We do trust Jesus for salvation. And we will make it to heaven and live eternally with Christ we can still really, really get it wrong here on planet Earth by focusing on the things of this world, things that don't matter, spending hundreds of thousands of hours on things that will never matter for eternity. We do it all in vain unless our lives are lived for Jesus Christ. It's all worthless. It's vain. It's vanity, okay? And we're going to get to heaven and we'll either hear one of two things. Either, I don't know what the opposite is actually, but Christ will either say, well done, right? Well done, good and faithful servant, or he won't. And I would assume we're going to feel the weight of that a little bit. I'm not sure. Not exactly sure. But I want this part of my life to matter. I want this part of my life to not be in vain, I want to hear the words, well done. I want to use this part, making sure I bring people with me for the rest of it. I don't really want to do anything else. Yeah, there's times, okay? There's times I do other things. Watch some TV, read a book just for pleasure, right? Go to an amusement park. Go to a baseball game. But really, what I want my life to be about is I want my life to be about Jesus Christ, giving God the glory, shining like a star in a dark world and bringing as many people with me as humanly possible, as supernaturally possible. Right? We have a choice, don't we? And that striving, the kind of striving that it takes to fish for men. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to go fishing for souls. It's tiring. It can be disappointing. It can be stressful. Okay? It can be risky. It can be costly. We may have to give up home, family, friends. This is my niece. 
I only get to see her maybe once a year and sometimes every two years, okay? Because I went to a different country to make sure that this part mattered, to make sure that I was working hard for the kingdom where God called me to work, okay? Into the pond, God called me to fish. But what is she going to remember about me? We miss each other. I miss my parents. I miss my brothers. But what are they going to remember? She gave this part to Jesus. I hope that's what they remember. And I hope they never forget it. And I hope they do it too. And a lot of them are. Thanks, Ellie. Thank you. You can sit. So this verse, we're going to skip that first verse from Psalm 127 in your notes, but go down to the Philippians 2, 14 through 16, and I'm going to read it for you, and we're going to talk about it really quickly. Do all things, now think about your week when I read this. How well did you do? Do all things without complaining and disputing, which is arguing. How'd you do? Do all things without complaining or arguing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life. That's the Bible. Holding fast to God's word, the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Think about that rope, okay? I do all of that so that on the day of Christ, that day where I finally stand face to face with him, I know I did not strive, run, or live in vain. I did it for him and I did it with him. That's my goal. I hope it's your goal too. But we have a choice to make. And a lot of you are at the beginning of your earthly life. You're at the beginning. You're children. It's a great place to be. Right? But as we talked about the other day, because you can give your whole life to Christ when you're a child. But as we talked about the other day, do we really know how long we're going to have? We don't know, do we? I've thought about this so many times when I was a young person. If I made it to 20, would I be pleased with how I spent it? Would Christ be pleased with how I spent it? If I made it to 25, would God have been glorified? Would Christ be pleased if I made it to 30? Am I okay with what, I, what, what, what I've accomplished because I did it for Jesus? I made it to 35. I've made it to 40. I've made it to 43. But I'm not guaranteed one more day, am I? Am I okay with this right now? I had one life. I had one shot. Did it count for all of eternity? Will there be people there? Because I took the time to share with them about my Savior, about my Rescuer, I believe there will be. 
but if given any more days, I want them to use them all the same way, right? Like we can, we're never done. We're never done until we're done. Until God says you're done. You're never done. You don't get to kick your feet up, even in retirement, do you? And declare it good. It's good. Right? There are people serving here. There's retired. Talk to this lady who's retired, working in the kitchen. Because she says we're retired and we have time and we don't want to stop serving God and being a part of what he's doing. And they could be at home. They could be at the beach. They could be in a vacation house, right? And they're working their tails off here at IRBC because they're not done. It's not over. We have a choice. We can live for this life comfortable. Make some money. Enjoy life. Enjoy comfort. Or we can use everything we have for Jesus and the kingdom. It's important. It's an important choice. I want to shine, and I hope you do too. I want to shine in a dark world. And we talked about that. That's going to come from me spending a lot of time with Jesus so that I look like him. And that's what it's going to take for you too. We spend so much time with him that what he cares about becomes what we care about. His love becomes my love. Right? The things that make him sad make me sad. I want to know his heart and I want to reflect his heart. And I think he loves nothing more than people. People. Just pretty incredible, right? So that should be what I love too. At the end, just a little review from last night. It says, are you really in Christ? Maybe here at the end, you're still questioning. I don't know. Am I really? Okay, here's a little test for you. Are you really in Christ? It's not really a test, sorry. These are like um, things that are gonna be true if you are in Christ. It's not a test in any way. You don't pass or fail this one. If you're in Christ, this is just true of you. There are four things to rejoice about, okay? If you're, in, if you're really in Christ, you're chosen and accepted. Remember this list? If you've been rescued by the rescuer, then you're chosen and accepted. You're a beloved daughter. You're an heiress to the kingdom. And you're richly loved and cherished. All of that's true of you if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But we still have that choice. Yeah, it's all true, but I still have a choice of what to do with this life, don't I? I use it for the rescuer or I use it for me. He's done so much for me, I'm going to use it for him. He's laid down his life for me. I want to lay down my life for him because it's going to matter for eternity. This much for this much, right? If you are in Christ and you live for him, here's the good news and we're going to close. If you are in Christ and you live for him, your labor's not in vain, you can know that your life won't be wasted your thoughts, talents, time, money, and energy won't be wasted. And today won't be wasted. Right? We're going to go back to that quote we heard earlier in the week. One day, 
or day one? What is it? One day? Day one. What do you guys think? Day one. Let's say it again. Day one. This is day one. Maybe I've wasted some time in the past, but today's day one. I'm not going to waste one more day. I'm going to live the rest of my life for Jesus Christ, even if no one else does it with me. Even if I'm all alone, I'm going to live every single day for Jesus Christ so that my life is not in vain. Day one, ladies. It has been a privilege and a pleasure to speak to you and to get to know you guys. I have honestly loved it. And I'm not just doing this for Jesus, although I am. I'm doing it because I truly love children. I really, really do. And guys, it's been such a privilege. And I hope you go on for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that we've learned this week through the activities, through the worship, through the skits, through relationships, through our counselors, through the digging deeper time, through the sessions, just through all of the different people that have invested in us, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. This is a privilege. Some children don't get this. They don't get to go to a Christian camp. They don't get to be challenged from the word of God, but we did. And I pray that we won't waste what we've learned, but we'll apply it and we'll never be the same. And most importantly, may we run after Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.